Welcome to The Music Buzz, the podcast where we talk music, pop culture, and current events while we get a good buzz. We're your hosts, Justine Avila and Lauren Brumley. It's one of the most formative decades of our lives. It was full of iconic music, trends, and fashion. It's the totally tubular radical 90s. Today, we're digging into the music of the 90s, the grunge, the boy bands, and everything in between. But first, we're going to delve into our favorite current events. Because a lot of crazy stuff is happening right now. So, the first big one, I guess, that we'll talk about that hit this week, I think, if memory serves me correctly, was that Spotify has officially been allowing artists to upload their music to the platform, which was a rumor, I think, for a while, and now it's an official beta testing thing. Which is pretty crazy because a lot of people are like, what's going to happen with SoundCloud now? Because that's kind of where a lot of independent artists were going to upload their stuff. Right. And I was reading today, so I think the deal structure could be different, right? Because a lot of Spotify's deals with labels are 50-50 or it's like 48-52 now. They're giving more of a percentage to the label and then that's cut in half again to give to the artists. But now artists can basically do a direct licensing deal with Spotify. So in my head, SoundCloud, right, is for newer artists that just want to get their music out. But technically, if you were a big artist, then you could upload directly um, True. to the platform. Again, assuming you don't need other label services, like their incredible marketing power because they have that right. huge arm. But like for independent artists who are releasing their own music through like TuneCore or CD Baby or any of those services, now if they can upload them directly to Spotify, they avoid fees, supposedly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think with like TuneCore, for example, that's where I released my EP through, it was like a one-time fee to upload your record to all the streaming services. Um, and then as like new streaming services are added or are created, you can pay per new service. So. Right. And it does like collect your royalties too. It's kind of nice to have one spot for that. I don't know how that would work directly through Spotify, but I'm interested to see. I mean, yeah, essentially it's undercutting their business. I guess technically you may still need them for other services that don't have that, right? Like Apple. True. Um, Because you can't directly upload, I don't think, on there yet. But still, if they're the first ones to roll it out, I'm sure others will soon follow. Well, and I wonder if now artists will release records specifically just to Spotify to avoid those fees. And they're like, now my music is in one spot. Well, and think about it too. Spotify has already started offering like huge marketing campaigns for artists. Like, and they do those deals with the labels. Imagine now if you get a big artist that does a direct licensing with you and then they also say, okay, we'll throw in X amount of dollars for marketing and give you billboards or whatever it is and secret fan shows in all of these cities. I mean, that's pretty good. That is and, pretty I, good. and I know we talked about this on another episode, right? Because Drake forwent the physical sales. I don't know if you saw that, where he didn't do the delivery of the physical album ahead of time to retailers so that it would hit the same day as the album came out. Mm-hmm. So the physical actually came out later 
but he gained all of those streaming numbers on the front end. And I mean, the article was essentially talking about how he gave up a ton of money by not doing the physical, but he doubled down on streaming. Right. And now he's, I guess, one of the most streamed artists, if not the most streamed on Spotify. Yeah, that's interesting. That does make sense, too, because then... I mean, that's how people are mostly consuming their music right now anyways, but also people that may, I don't know who at this point doesn't listen to Drake or wouldn't hear it here or there, but now if there are people who wouldn't otherwise, they're seeing him on like the number one, number two spots on like the viral Spotify charts or whatever. So he's reaching a lot more eyeballs with that. And they did marketing, which I know we touched on because he was on playlists like Americana. Oh yeah. (laughs) And he's definitely not Americana. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh, I think that was like a marketing glitch on their part yeah. and because there were there was a lot of feedback about that like like just is, put drake on every single playlist that we have right exactly like that's the power of spotify um but yeah that is interesting how that will turn out and i know it's in beta testing now so i don't think they've done it but i'm yeah. sure that they're working on a deal i'm sure with some bigger artists yeah and that'll be, be the game changer it's very interesting for sure definitely and they obviously catch a lot of flack for the lowest uh, rates for artists for streaming. So maybe this is like a way for them to mm-hmm. kind of pull in independent artists. Right. So Spotify was in the news, but guess who else was in the news? Ticketmaster. So yeah, they were in the news, I guess in the Toronto Daily Sun is where it was first reported, but there was a music convention and one of their employees was caught on audio admitting that they basically do big deals with brokers, which is nothing new, but that they kind of turn a blind eye to the fact that some brokers have multiple accounts, which violates their terms of service, which essentially they should be canceling those accounts. Because then, so if you have multiple accounts, you can go in and purchase more tickets than the maximum allowed. And, um, I mean, the article that I was reading said that one of the, like, their bigger brokers, I guess that uses the platform, had something crazy like two or 300 accounts. That's insane. I mean, and that's how And how do you not catch that? Well, and then that's how they make a living, right? Like, their living is brokering tickets. Right. I don't know it's... Not if it's the fact that they haven't caught it or if it's the fact that they know about it and they turn a blind eye. Right. However, um, Nate Hubbard was on Bob Lefsitz's podcast. Don't listen to that <laughs> podcast. Listen to the music buzz. No, I'm just kidding. It's a great podcast. But Nate Hubbard, who ran Ticketmaster, w- did a breakdown of Ticketmaster fees. And he said, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there that, yes, Ticketmaster collects the fee and that's purely our revenue but he was like a lot in a lot of cases it's not it is um some of that revenue yes does go to us but sometimes it goes to the promoter sometimes it goes to the artist so i think there's like a lot of different problems in the fact or in this brokering fact right that like made the paper it's one all of these people are flipping tickets and it's not getting into the hands of real fans Two, it's all the fees because one of the points was, oh, well, Ticketmaster is making 
basically double the money because you pay a fee for original tickets and then oh you I didn't even think you about pay that. a fee again if you get f- some of those van- fan right. verified which is why when you look for a sellout show they say oh yes tickets are available you never see a show is sold out anymore on Ticketmaster because right. they want you to buy the resale tickets mm-hmm. but that's because it's a 10 billion dollar industry on resale tickets alone so like those third third party retailers like StubHub are making a ton of money right. off of the fee. Um, so Ticketmaster is trying to recoup that by it's trying to recoup that. Yeah, exactly. But again, sometimes the actual fee is sometimes going to the artist or right. to the promoter. Um, but it's but, also so unclear when you're purchasing a ticket what goes where. Right, and exact, and that was kind of Bob Lefsitz's point. He obvi- he wrote an email, obviously, as he does when something Lefsitz hot. Lefsitz's letter? Yeah, it uh, hits the paper, and he said, you know, that, that really, it's kind of like a three-pronged problem. One is transparency, which the music industry is not. I mean, no. look at copyright. Not transparent at all. Right. Um, and then two, he was saying it's, kind of like a pricing war because you either price the tickets at what they're worth or you underprice them and then there's this resale market. And third, it's about reputation because a lot of artists, and we've talked about this, don't want to have the reputation of selling these like extravagantly high tickets, even though people will pay money for it. They don't want to be that artist that's like, oh yeah, my ticket's like $500 for nosebleed. Yeah, because then so your fans you are do? like, are you looking out for us? Clearly not. Yeah. Right. But it, that still may be the case, right? Like yeah. that someone would pay, fi- there's enough people that'll pay $500 even if the sh- seats are like not that good. Yeah. So I don't know what Ticketmaster is going to do. I think they released a statement saying they're investigating the situation. But I mean, it, it's just interesting that it came to light because I don't think it's a new problem. It's been a problem no. for a very long time. Forever, and like, yeah artists like Adele, right, are trying to solve it by using using other ticketing platforms. Didn't she use, not Song Exchange or Sound Exchange, um, she used another ticketing platform for her concert that, like, yeah. tried to cancel tickets. Um, we talked about it on the last episode. I can't remember what it was called. And I forgot what it yeah. was called. But anyway, it's one way that they're trying to combat it. Yeah. Like, what a mess. It's just such a crazy industry, and I just feel like, People who are trying to buy tickets don't know any better. And it's so easy for things to go over their head, like these crazy fees and like tickets being resold by. Well, and, and imagine too, I mean, cause we talked about it on our uh, last episode with Taylor. Like if you have like, if Taylor's your daughter, son's favorite artist, like as a parent or even as an aunt, whoever you are to that kid, you're like, yes, I will do anything to get you to this show. Right. And sometimes you're being screwed out of a lot of money. Yeah. And like the people who you expect to protect you from that are looking to make the buck off of it. So they're not trying to really solve the problem. Right. Because then that takes a lot of money out of their pockets that they're making right now. Yeah. It's all crazy. But I hope they figure it out. Um, And I don't, I really don't know what the solution is. Yeah, me either. I look forward to seeing like how they come through to handle it though, because they already have a bad rap after the last huge, um, they were sued, right? Yeah. They were yeah. sued. And that's why all of us get like the summer the ticket discounts. Vouchers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess they had a class action lawsuit over the fees. Right. So yeah. now they have like the free concert and then the free fees that you can use, I guess, for a select amount of shows. Right. Um, 
which are usually the underselling ones over summer. Totally. Which like no shame. I we mean, get to go for 20 yeah, bucks or for exactly. free. Exactly. So. Not bad. It's fine. So our next story, it was finally announced who is playing the Super Bowl this year. The Super Bowl halftime show, obviously. And it is Maroon 5. What do you think about this? What? So I thought it was a little bit of a controversial pick. Really? Yeah. I didn't think that they were like as, how do I word this? Like as publicly pleasing as like Justin Timberlake. As like wild, widely accepted. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, or Bruno Mars. But so tonight, Justine and I are actually going to see Maroon 5 because I won tickets. Thanks, iHeartRadio. Um, and my sister is actually also going. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. And so I was talking to her last night. And my sister is not super into music. And so she was like, I know Maroon 5. But she was like, I don't know how many of their songs I know. And I was like, actually, I think you know a lot more of their songs than you realize that you know, because they have had so many radio singles. Right. That like there's so many songs that you're at least familiar with when you hear them. You're like, oh, I totally know this. And that's what makes a good Super Bowl halftime show is a bunch of songs that like people are really familiar with that are catchy that maybe people forgot they even knew. Right. And that that's that's very true, right? Because they usually, I guess because of the Super Bowl I forgot how long their performance is. It's only like 20 minutes. Something yeah, crazy. Something like, like 15 that. or 20 minutes. So it's like a compilation of songs. It's not totally. like you do a full song and then switch to another one. It's yeah. that weird like compilation thing. But they did have the song of summer, right? Um, Girls Like You, Ugh, supposedly. So yeah, and I was talking to a coworker about it and we were talking about just how simple it is. Yeah. But it's like, the great formation of a pop song because you can't get it out of your head. It's that no. simple like do to do on the guitar. It's an earworm. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the word. Yeah. An earworm. And I still can't get it out. Oh no, me either. <laughs> but that's exactly how moves like Jagger was too. No, that's true. Even, I forgot about that one. Yeah. See? So many songs you forgot you knew. And that was one of those songs that was so popular. It was absolutely everywhere. And by the end of the summer that that came out, you wanted to die every time you heard it. But like every time you heard it, you'd be singing it for three days. And you're like, right. why am I still singing this? Like, why is it so catchy? It's so catchy. It's and so, I feel like so all good. of their music is kind of like that. Yeah, but they just seem a little edgier, I guess. But I but say that and then Lady Gaga performed, right? Yeah. But also Adam Levine is... A household name because of the voice so even people that right. aren't familiar no, with like five's music they're like oh yeah the like judge from the voice right so i feel like they they are household names which is an important part of choosing like a, a super bowl halftime performer and they're very high energy so i feel like it'll be exciting oh for too. sure i think it definitely will be exciting i think we're gonna have to save it for another episode because we could go on a long tangent but the economics of playing the super bowl is really interesting because they don't get paid um but yeah. maybe we'll save that for a super bowl special yeah and it's ugh, the super bowl is just fascinating to me just in general all right guys it's time to take it back to the 90s Justine and I are currently getting jiggy with it with some rosé. We couldn't think of any fun 90s drinks except for Capri Suns, you know. Right. And that's not going to give us a buzz, so. But we did talk about how a restaurant here in Nashville is serving, like, adult Capri Suns. Totally, which is genius. It's just bringing back the 90s vibes for the adults that now want to reminisce, you know. Exactly, because now we're old. Now we're old, but like now 90s is coming back in so many kinds of ways. Oh, it totally is. Fashion's coming back. 
scrunchies are in, crop tops are in. The shows? The shows. Justine and I, when was, so we went to this show. It was actually Y2K. So it was kind of like the end of 90s into early 2000s show. Right. With 98 Degrees, O-Town, and Ryan Cabrera. Was it just those three? I think so. I think it was those three. We lived our best lives, throwing it back. Yeah, the 90s are coming back. It was not as like upbeat as I thought it was going to be, that show in particular. Yeah. But you know, some people are still doing it now, and some people are trying, and it ain't working. <laughs> right. We're right. not going to say who's who, but you know, you can. That's um, up to you to decide. It's up to your discretion. Um, so, okay, Lo, when you think of the 90s, what do you think of? What was your childhood marked by? Like, what kind of yeah. music of the so 90s? So, I was born in 1990. So, like, whoa, yeah. you're a 90s baby? I'm a 90s baby. The 90s are my decade. But I was, like, growing up. So, it was more of, like, definitely the teeny bopper stuff mm-hmm. that, like, comes to mind. Because that was, like what I was listening to. So I was listening to Britney Spears and in sync. And honestly, I also think of like what I would listen to on the radio station on the school bus, which was a lot of like techno, which was in back then too. Like what kind of techno? like the like everybody the- sweat, you know? Oh yeah. And that's um, true. Just like that kind of stuff. What about you? What do you think of? I definitely think of boy bands and like the pop divas, but it was also like a weird time because right. It was the nineties are from 1990 to 99 more or less. Yeah. Like it's a decade, but I think of the grunge (laughs) bands too. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I think of like, because you do a lot of growing. So it's like, okay. Then I started like listening to grunge bands and stuff. That and I probably started listening to that honestly probably later as my musical palette expanded. Yes, totally. But did. I, it's like I didn't realize in the time that it was a '90s band. It was like yeah, I remember in high school like when someone was like, "Oh, you got to check out this cool new band, Nirvana." Stop. And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, this is so good!" Like this guy Kurt Cobain, so good. Yeah. But he had been around for a minute. You know right. what I mean? They're a '90s band, but. You hear about it kind of when they're bigger. And it's just funny, like, learning about that music at that time. And that, of course, marked, like, a period of, like, high school for me. Especially, like, No Doubt. Yeah. So good. Uh, That is high school vibes. And I feel like that, the 90s music became even cooler for us when we were a little bit older. Where we could, like, discover, like you were saying, music that we didn't necessarily listen to when we were in the 90s. Because we were too young. So, like, we were able to, like, go back and appreciate how much good music came from that decade, like, the grunge and, like, all that stuff. And, like, for me, also, I include in that, like, the female badass singer-songwriters like Alanis Morissette and, like, Melissa Etheridge. Oh, so good. Yeah, like, I didn't appreciate that when I was zero to nine years old. (laughs) Right. You didn't appreciate Ironic? (laughs) I mean... I actually have a really funny memory of Ironic. So I grew up in a very Christian household where like I was not allowed to listen to secular music unless it was like the soft rock station (laughs) (laughs) that my parents were listening to. And so I was, my sister is older than me and she was in high school when I was like maybe eight. And I was with her and her friend and her friend had just gotten this convertible and I was Uh riding in the car with them and they were playing ironic by Alanis Morissette. My sister was like, do not tell mom that you're listening to this. And I like remembered that song and I didn't know what it was, but I like remembered the chorus and I remember loving it. And it like 
equates to like riding in a convertible. For right. Me. So yeah. I, I kind of have a similar story because it was always like, I, and I'm the oldest uh, of my siblings, but it was always like my friends that had older siblings that we like learned music from, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And I remember I wasn't allowed to listen to like Christina Aguilera on the reg because my parents just found it so annoying. So they were like, no, we're not going to listen to this <laughs> all the time. to my people. But Genie in a Bottle came out yeah. and my friend's sister had a car and could drive. So like drove us around and we would blast uh, Christina, like genie in a bottle, thinking we were so cool. You probably were, you know, because you know? you're just like listening to music, windows down, uh, and like those were the days. You but just also, feel so cool, yeah. And like I think we probably appreciated music more then because we didn't have social media distracting us from everything. Like probably the coolest thing you could do then is literally drive around and listen to music, right? And you're totally, you're right. You're focused on it. And I remember in that same vein, I know it's different, right? Cause now it's like switching gears in media, but I remember like when TRL would come on Oh my God. or yeah. any of those, like the music video countdowns, like all of us were glued in front of the TV yes. and I played a lot of sports like growing up. And I would record it so I could come home. But like you knew, right? On was, like a VHS tape. Right, exactly. <laughs> and like my parents were like, it's either going to be NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. Right, like it's like always they, the same song. So yeah, you have to and see. they switch it every week. And I was like, yeah, but I need to know who won tonight so I can talk about it at school in the morning. Yeah. And like go voter. It was like, like texting, I guess, on like those weird old, old phones yeah. to like vote for the video or maybe that came a little later, but it was maybe a little later, but I totally remember that. Yeah. It was crazy. And it was like, what? Oh and God. I like had to watch it. TRL was everything. Oh I remember God. like Carson Daly. Uh, Oof, what a still my heart. I know. I remember like I would get off the school bus and rush home because my mom, my mom was a working mom. So like she wasn't home. So when I got home, I'd be like, yes, I can watch MTV. She won't know. I would rush home, turn on TRL. I was obsessed. I would always wait to hear He Loves You Not by Dream. Oh, I forgot Classic. about Dream. Classic. I was obsessed so with them. Good. They were also at the Y2K tour that we went to. Were I they? forgot about that. Yeah. I don't remember. They were there too. Um, but yeah, TRL was life. And, and that was like music videos were so big then too. Yeah, because I remember, so before school started, I would like flip on the TV to watch like the VH1 countdown that yeah. was in the morning. So that's where you got like music video, early morning stuff. And I would be like, putting me in the mood. Totally. You're just like hyped up. You did not have, a, you were like at the mercy of your CD player. Yeah, you didn't have Spotify. Yeah, you didn't have Spotify to be like, or Alexa to be like, hey, yeah. play me this song. It was like, oh no, you actually got to go search for it. And like go down the track. You couldn't yeah. just press the number for the track you right. wanted. You had to skip through the entire CD. Yep. So also going back to like discovering music of the nineties after the fact, do you remember the show on VH one that was like hundred best songs of the nineties or something yeah. like that? And like yeah, each totally. hour would be like 100 to 75. Mm -hmm. And then the next hour you'd be like, mm -hmm. okay, well I obviously have to know like who is 74 down to 50. Right. <laughs> Those are the best shows. And I like discovered so much music that like, I knew or like I'd heard of, but like I wasn't super familiar with. And then I'd be like, Oh wait, I kind of like this. And then I would like listen to it a lot. And that's how I know a lot of the music of the nineties is from watching that show. Right. <laughs> and then they would have those like funny commentators yes. on the green screen. Yeah. And then they would have, was this the same one or it might've been during the music videos on VH1 where they have like pop-up bubbles. Oh, pop-up like video. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Yeah. Where I was like, what? 
right? I love this pop-up is so video. cool. I know. Yeah. And then you like learn. I was like, like one of my like most distinct memories is when Britney Spears Slave for You came out. Oh, so good. And literally all the parents were in like uproar oh, about yeah. the video, but all of us were like, yes, this is the new oh, jam. We this were is practicing like, the dance moves right, in front exactly. of Exactly. <laughs> and it was like workout goals for life. We were all like, like the soccer team was like, yes like play slave for you while we're doing like lifting or doing sprints. And it's like, now when you think back on it, like I'm a slave for you is not exactly like the message you want to preach. Oh, it's like girls. not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. But it was so catchy. She was wearing like the lowest of low rise jeans and like right. the teeniest crop top. Mm -hmm which is so funny. At least the low rise jeans haven't come back in style. Thank but God. You know what? I still feel like that video is, will live forever. I was talking to one of my friends and we were just talking about like working out and stuff. And she was like, yeah, I mean, when I go to the gym, I still like, you know, channel Britney Spears slay yeah. for you vibes. Totally. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. Trying to get that, that stomach. Those abs. Yeah. Um, she still has them. She's still rocking those abs. Oh, well, and that's a whole other topic. Oh, it's a whole thing. Yeah. That we have to talk about because now it's like 90s are coming back and it's like a resurgence. Yeah. Especially with the Vegas re uh, residency. Yes, I was about to say. So Britney Spears had her residency, which I think is over now. It may be over. I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and J-Lo. And J-Lo. I got to see J-Lo literally a year ago yesterday. Right. For iHeart. Mm-hmm. Um, right before I heard festival, she was amazing. Um, and she still looks great too. I'm like, how are you even you're, she's too old to look as good as she does. It's I know. Annoying. I know there. I think she was on the cover of a magazine she, cause she recently turned 50. Is that right? Yeah. That or she's right. nearing 50 and everyone went, uh, I guess the cover of the magazine was like, JLo looks like 25 at 50. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she does. Uh, it's annoying. And then well, Backstreet Boys has their residency also. Yeah. Which is crazy. Everyone's just into the throwbacks. And I think it's because like now the nineties babies are like the prime demographic of like all those shows. You know what I mean? Right. Everyone's and trying to go to Vegas for their bachelorette parties yeah. and like it's our age group. So they want exactly. to hear the throwbacks. And, and they have enough money because now we're getting into the age where people have disposable income that they right. can actually afford to go. They're not still like in high school right. where they have an allowance and their parents are paying for it or whatever it is. They have to work their job and they can't pay for it. Yeah. Um, but I think like still those residencies are selling out, which is awesome. Yeah. But that's it just bukus speaks, of money. Oh yeah, for sure. But in that same vein of resurgence, like the TV shows are coming back. Yeah. Um, with Fuller House Boy Meets World. Which now is Girl Meets World. Girl Meets World. Yeah. yeah. I don't the think I Disney knew show. that. Mm -hmm. And it's on Disney? Yep. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Oh, and um, they're bringing back TGIF. Oh, really? Yes. It's obviously new shows. It's like basically the new ABC comedy lineup for the fall. They're calling it TGIF where it's like, I guess the Monday night lineup or Friday night lineup is like all their new comedy shows. Yeah. But the old TGIF used to be lit. It was like Boy Meets World. It used to be like, wasn't it Growing Pains? Yeah, I think so. And I remember too, like people would have sleepovers and we'd be like, yes, it's TGIF. Yeah. So then that's what you did. Oh like you ordered pizza and it was like, everyone was like sitting around the TV. It kind of reminded me of the 60s almost. Like Yeah, like where everyone huddles around. And yeah. Because that's what I remember too. Like 
my whole family would sit down and watch TGIF together. That's the only thing that we would all be into. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it was like, I, I still, when, when I like think about TGIF, I can feel the excitement of like how excited I used to get, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cause it used to be like such a treat, but think about it now too. And again, not to go on a tangent, but like, we're so used to incident gratification. Imagine if, like it wasn't on Netflix to binge. I know. Well, then what you're so you excited do? when it actually comes on. Right. <laughs> totally. That's a good point. It's a novel idea. <laughs> okay. So also when I think of like all of my fave nineties artists, it's like Christina, Brittany, Justin Timberlake slash NSYNC. And all of those people were on the Mickey Mouse Club. Right. And it's crazy that all the celebs that were on the Mickey Mouse Club as kids are still, they still have active careers currently. Like Ryan Gosling was on Mickey Mouse Club too. I remember that, which is crazy. It's almost like, um, because I think we talked about the uh, Nickelodeon stuff Mm -hmm. with Selena Gomez and um, Ariana Grande, right? She was a Nickelodeon kid too. It's almost like that was the original OG. Um, like the kids kids crew. coming up. Yeah. yeah. But they all, what's weird is like, they all seem to have, I mean, relatively speaking, grown up to be like fairly stable adults, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still, to be like, are working, you saying Nickelodeon did it wrong? I don't know. I'm just saying there's something weird. <laughs> no, but there's like, there's stuff out there about Disney too. Like don't trust anyone, but it's just interesting that like, I feel like usually maybe it was just because it was a different era that like, kid stars growing up were able to make it work long term make it sustainable and i mean maybe too like a differing amount of pressure yeah um and i again i know we've touched on it a little bit but like the industry as it's changed as a whole like you're always on especially with social media right i mean there's always a camera on you Mm -hmm. all the time and like i'm sure with i mean especially looking at like Britney and Christina growing up, like they definitely made some mistakes as growing young women, but like, it's not doc. It wasn't documented on everyone's Instagram. So maybe they were able to like skirt past some of the, you know, trouble they got into right? and not have to like face a billion people on the internet. Right. But I'll it. never forget the Britney gas station moment where it was like, Britney was photographed. Was that the window with the breaking? Uh huh. Where she was like busting the car window with a baseball bat? I think so. After she shaved her head? Yeah, she like shaved her head and like wasn't wearing tennis shoes at some grimy gas station. And I guess she caught wind of a paparazzi person and was like, she just lost it. Yeah. And everyone was like, whoa. That was her breaking point. Yeah. That was a rough time. I'm sure if I grew up in the spotlight, I would probably have a breaking point. I would probably have reached it a lot earlier. Oh, totally. And like Christina kind of did the opposite. Christina like just disappeared for a little while. She kind of went in hiding and just didn't do anything for a minute. But she kind of had like her naughty phase. Totally. Um, But it wasn't, I don't think it was like a meltdown of the century. Right. It was just kind of like a dark CD album, you know? (laughs) Brooding, if you will. So there's a conspiracy theory about Britney Spears. Uh Uh-oh. There's this comedian, her name's Heather McMahon. She's hysterical. You have to follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram stories crack me up. But she has this whole highlight on her Instagram called Britney 911. And she's just convinced that like everything Britney posts on the internet is like a call for help because it all is kind of a little bizarre. She'll just post like very weird things. Like on Instagram or on? On Instagram, yeah. 
I don't think I follow her. I don't either, but I see them through Heather McMahon's Instagram because she'll screenshot it and put it on her story and be like, what is this? And her theory is that like something traumatic happened to Britney when she was like 18. And so she's still stuck in that era of like everything that was cool then. Like, because she's always wearing like rolled Sophie shorts and scrunchies <laughs> and like wears super low rise jeans still. And she's right. just like, no one else is doing this still. Like maybe she had a traumatic event and she's just like stuck in that period. Or is it like this genius branding that's like, or if she's this like, is, this is when I was the coolest. I'm yeah. going to stick with it. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, I'm not know. changing. Yeah. I don't know. But her, she's just like, I think someone just needs to go to her and be like, do you need help? How are you today? You know, she's like, probably no one asks her that. But she's like (laughs) killing it in Vegas. She is. But there's also, she also started the Britney challenge. Um, Have you ever seen any of the videos of Britney dancing in her show? It's just kind of, it's missing something. Like she's not really doing it all out. She's just kind of moving her hands and like fixing her ponytail. Yeah. And so that's the Britney dance challenge. Um, is to just kind of move your hands a little and keep fixing that. your ponytail. It's That's really my funny. favorite. Um, but I still love Britney no matter what. Like she was such an icon of our generation. And speaking of Britney, um, there I saw a very funny meme on the internet the other day that was talking about uh, Britney came out with a song five years ago when the economy was bad called Work Bitch. <laughs> and, and now the economy's booming. Coincidence? I think not. So Wait, maybe she secretly, yeah, it was her. She, she basically, she's in charge of like very ingenious economic policy that she put in place <laughs> five years ago to really get us to where we are today. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. Saving lives since 1985. That's something, about right? right? <laughs> something like that. Um, but were you, t- wait, I think we've talked about this, but I can't remember. Were you team Brittany or team Christina? Oh, I was team Brittany all the way. Wow, so wow, here, wow. here was my thing. I thought Christina had a better voice, yeah. but I just loved Brittany. So it was like, okay. it didn't matter to me that vocally Christina could out sing her in my opinion. I was yeah. just like, you know, Brittany hit me baby one more time. Never going <laughs> to stop. <laughs> What, what team were you? I was team Christina. Obviously. Obviously. Because you're queen. a musician and totally. you're like. Mm. Okay. But then what do you think about like the next wave of women of the 90s, which was like the Mandy Moore and the Jessica Simpson? I mean, I thought they were great. <laughs> I talked to you about this mainly because of Newlyweds, which may have, not, show. may have not been in the 90s, but Chicken of the Sea. She literally. I, well. I'm sure there were like way bigger branding campaigns before that, but yeah. like that's crazy that I remember that marketing because oh, of that. And because totally. she said that, she was like the face of this tuna can brand. Literally, yeah. Like every time you hear that brand name, you think, <laughs> you of, think Jessica of Jessica Simpson. Simpson. Like that's crazy. It um, is. What that show you- was incredible because at the time she was married to Nick Lachey, which is like one of the most iconic relationships of the 90s. Right. Um, obviously after Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. I was going to say. And never forget the denim. Oh, all I denim was going to say that too. Yeah. It's like you, we can never, ever forget. And never. every time it's May all over the world, everyone <laughs> posts a Justin Timberlake meme. It's going to be May. Exactly. Which is funny the first 20 times. Right. And then let's it gets just all 10 years to, later. Yeah. Like let's all agree to stop posting that. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, But also like the breakup of, Justin and Britney brought us Crimea River, which is 
arguably one of JT's best songs. I was a big oh. Simplified fan. Loved that record. That was the or best justified. record. Justified. That's what it was. Justified. Also, the music video when he had a Britney lookalike, oh we were all like <gasps> shook. We were yeah, shook. Yeah, we were. Because that was like the original subtweet. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he was throwing so much shade and we were just like, Britney, how could you cheat on him like that? And that's when he had like ramen that? noodle hair. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which was so cute at the what time. What a time I was to like, be alive. What a time. Do you think he ever watches that? And he's like, whoa. Well, what's crazy is like, he is still, like we were saying, like he still has an, a very active career and like he plays Crimea River still at shows. Because he has to all of us love it. No, totally. Like in his mind, he has to relive his relationship with Britney every show because that song We're is We're invested. Like yep. what a weird career to have where like you relive like these moments of your life every night. But, and again, I'm not trying to get on a tangent at all, but you know what's weird on that note was I went to Jay-Z Beyonce and she had to, I mean, she talked about like the cheating pains and stuff like that. Yeah. And she literally relived it on the stage every night with her husband. I would, I think I would just be like, I, I need a breather. We got to do separate shows here. I mean, granted, yeah. I know that that is their income, totally. but still like, and they, they obviously like not make a joke out of it, but like they kind of make light out of it by like creating albums about right. it, you know? Yeah. But still to yeah. like relive that. And then that must be weird for everyone involved. I mean, think in Justin Timberlake's case, like Jessica Biel, I'd be like, what? Yeah. You're like, can you stop? I'm can you not it. play that song? I'm over it. But Jessica Biel was such a nineties icon too with seventh heaven. Oh my God. And so I never so watched a 90s that. icon married a nineties icon. And I just realized that's amazing. That is crazy. So I remember her from, um, Summer Catch or Summer, do you remember Freddie? Freddie Prince Jr.? Yes. yes. That was the movie with him. It was like, I think it was Summer Catch. He was, was like, like in every J14 magazine right. ever created. And <laughs> like, I always asked my mom to pick it up at the grocery store every time yeah. she went and she'd be like, no, like, we're not spending B. money on this. Yeah, it's um, like $5. You're like, it has the same information as the last one. Right. <laughs> it's like a new poster. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to have that. But yeah, I remember that. And it was like the ideal movie, right? Because it's like, oh, a rom-com. Like you will for sure find the love of your life like on a high school summer like like randomly mowing grass you're yeah, like that does yes. not happen it <laughs> oh it doesn't doesn't but also bringing it back to beyonce destiny's child was one of my favorite survivor favorite oh, 90s that's moments. an iconic music video too so good but even before that just like say my name are you joking it is still a bop Every time I've ever gone to karaoke, someone has sang Say My Name and regretted it instantly because it's so <laughs> long. <laughs> but it is so good. It, it is. is so good. I feel like... Bills, bills, bills. I know. Amazing. Anytime anyone plays Destiny's Child, it's literally anyone in the room that knows it immediately gets in position and starts dancing. <laughs> it's like, that's what you do. Totally. Yeah. But Beyonce is like another artist who's like totally created a career out of like a group that didn't work out. You know what I right. mean? And yeah, she yeah. just like pulled through and is like literally an absolute legend. Oh, she is so good. She's, she's like one of, I mean, she's one of the most A-list celebrities, I feel like. Um, for any of you that have not seen this, you need to Google this video of Beyonce's hair getting stuck in a fan oh at one of her shows. Literally a chunk of her hair gets pulled back in the fan. <gasps> no. She does not stop singing. She oh stays gosh. like in key Amazing. and on like perfect tone and everything. 
while security pulls her hair out of this fan. And I was like, that's why you're a professional. <laughs> if that oh. happened to me, I would just throw the mic down and be like, I'm done. Yeah, I would just We're scream good. bloody murder. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that that had to hurt. Like, yeah. she's sitting and literally it's like something out of a movie where your like, like, long hair yeah, gets yanked oh, back. And like, she just continues. Like that's how yeah. you know she's a professional. She's like, I am this I'm this is not my first rodeo. Okay. <laughs> I know what's going on. Right, exactly. Wow. She's um, also incredibly fit and like gorgeous. God. So during her show, she literally was doing like these squat things yeah. and dance moves. And she was singing. Like, and you could tell she was singing because it would be those like random gasps for air. Yeah, right. And you were like, okay, like this is not a track with vocal on it. Right. And I was like, I don't think a lot of people can do that. No. Um, and she just had twins. Like, I feel like I'd be like, I'm taking like a couple of years off. <laughs> totally. Ooh, she's still killing it though. And, it's and, impressive. And I think just one last thing on that note, I read um, an article about her shows and they were saying that essentially her performance every night because of all of the acrobatics and like the um, choreography and stuff is basically equivalent to running a marathon every night. So oh that's God, what she I'm does. Sure. No wonder she's so and like, in fit. heels. That's stupid. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm doing nothing with my life. Let's just like get a live <laughs> DVD of Beyonce on tour and just like do what she does uh, yeah. every night, and then we'll maybe we'll be like total. Right. That's too. why I feel like a waste of space when I'm like, <laughs> oh, I have to like walk to the car now. Totally. <laughs> You're like Beyonce is like doing the most for two hours every night. Oh yeah. Okay. Now we're gonna run into our lightning round. So Jay, what is your favorite '90s one-hit wonder? Oh, I was gonna ask you this. You can ask same me the same thing. <laughs> um, hmm. One hit wonder. Yeah. Maybe Bewitched, and oh. I forgot the name of the song. But you know, Love Yes. <laughs> wow. Do we have a fan here? Oh, or what? Super fan. Okay. <laughs> Still listening. Um. <laughs> Love me some Bewitched. All right. Hit me. What's yours? Mine is. Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. Oh my God, I still listen to that. I love it's that song. on my running it's playlist. It's so good. There's so many good like one-hit wonders that came out of the 90s, though it's really hard to choose. I There's know. just a lot of good ones. Yeah. Does Savage Garden count as the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. Truly, Madly, oh, Deeply? Love that. Totally. Love Savage uh, Garden. Save Tonight by um, Eli Cherry. Uh, yeah. Classic. Fight the Break of Dawn, always. <laughs> Thank you for finishing my lyrics. No problem. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to hit you with one. Okay. What is your favorite 90s trend? Fashion Ooh. trend. Fashion, I should say. I'm going to say roll-on body glitter. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. How could you ever? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I... Like, that was the go-to look for going out. Just everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I'm I mean, sure. I wasn't going out in the 90s, but, like, I was going to school, and I was looking fashion-forward because I had limited to scented blue body glitter that I put on my eyelids. I put it on my shoulders. See, I, I put it we on everywhere. You weren't allowed to wear makeup to school. Mm-hmm. So it was like going over to friends' houses yeah. or like... Totally. Like were, a birthday party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like you went to the nines and limited to is where you got your outfit. Uh, yes. I wore strictly limited to. Everyone did. <laughs> um, who was your 90s crush? Justin Timberlake. Duh. Oh, wow, that was a quick answer. I mean, still is. Oh, I mean, he's... He's looking good still. Uh, who was your 90s crush? I had like so many. This is kind of embarrassing, but like one of my big ones was Aaron Carter. I loved Aaron Carter. You know, he's had some rough days um, recently, but you know what? He was a babe back in the day. He was on an episode of Lizzie McGuire. 
I was so jealous. They kissed on the episode. It was heartbreaking. Hillary Duff never forget. like, oof, missed out on that one. <laughs> they dated for a minute. Oh, did they? Drama. The drums. Totally. totally. All right, y'all. Well, that is it for our throwback 90s episode. Thank you for getting jiggy with it with us. Na, 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 na. <laughs> Na 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 nineties. Na 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 na. All right, y'all. We're going to Maroon Five. Um, we'll let you know how it goes. We will. We'll debrief you on the next episode. Until then, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a five star rating because, um, just like please, and <laughs> let us know what you think about the pod. If you have any suggestions, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Music Buzz Pod, and uh, leave us a comment on our latest Instagram post. All right, stay buzzed. Love Bye. You, bye.